Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. You're listening to Puma Podcast. Before we start, I want to warn you that this story could be triggering for some audiences or even inappropriate for younger ones. Please take care of yourself and listen with caution. In the previous episode of Rasmina, The Last Victim. I told them to please hurry. Let's not procrastinate on the hearing. We didn't want child marriages to happen anymore. I would be so relieved once the judicial review was finally approved, once it was passed. At 13, Rasmina was forced to marry. As a teenager, she would be married two more times. Now, almost 20 years after that first marriage, she was going to challenge the law that allowed it to happen. She and two other survivors of child marriage, Endang Wasrina and Marianti, brought their stories to court. They had the support of 18 Plus Coalition. This was a network of civil society organization formed precisely to end the practice of child marriage in Indonesia. There had been two hearings at the Constitutional Court in Jakarta. And then, nothing. It took more than a year and a half before the court summoned them for a third hearing. They had more to present to the court. Testimonies they hoped would convince them. But they wouldn't be able to, because the court said that they would be handing down a verdict. You're listening to Rasmina, the last victim. This is the English adaptation of the investigative podcast series Disclose Dipaksa Kawin. Created by KBR Prime, Indonesia's pioneer in journalism-based podcasts, this six-part podcast adaptation is produced by Puma Podcast in the Philippines and made possible by international media support. I'm your host, Malika. December 13, 2018 Rasmina hobbled into the neoclassical building of the Constitutional Court. She leaned heavily on a cane, her prosthetic leg still needing additional support. Nurse threw her off balance. She cut a striking figure in her yellow headscarf, red batik shirt, and blue skirt. Yet her whole frame trembled. With her was Endang Wasrina, who came from the same province. Endang was 14 when she was forced to marry a 37-year-old widower with a child. The women were accompanied by Darwini of the non-governmental organization Koalisi Perempuan Indonesia or KPI. KPI was one of the member organization of the 18 plus coalition. The women walked through the metal detectors and were finally in the courtroom. Here's Rasmina. I was sitting right in front of the judges, sweating all over. Dear God, I thought, please help me get through this. The walls were a dark wood 
the floors carpeted in black and red. Wood and leather chairs were arranged in a half circle. Facing the nine constitutional judges, whose own seats were on the platform. On the wall behind them, over their heads, was a Garuda Pancasila, the national emblem of Indonesia. And on either side of the judges was Indonesia's national flag. But all eyes were on the child marriage survivor sitting in the front row, trembling in her seat. To Rasmina's right was Anggara, another lawyer for the case. Anggi and Endang Wasrina sat behind them. Hadirin dimohon berdiri. Yang mulia Majelis Hakim Konstitusi memasuki ruang persidangan. One by one, eight of the nine judges of the Constitutional Court entered, then took their seats, facing the visitors who attended the public hearing. The trial is declared in motion and open to the public. The hearing began with the judges reading the stories of the petitioners aloud. Then they cited data from the World Health Organization, which named pregnancy and childbirth as the main causes of death for adolescents girl aged 15 to 19. They also mentioned the fact that Indonesia had ratified an international agreement to eliminate all forms of discrimination for women. Finally, one of the judges began to read the verdict. Amar putusan. Amar verdict. Judging. Anggi and Endang Wasrina reached for each other's hands and held tight. Satu, mengabulkan permohonan para pemohon untuk sebagian. The petition Dua, is granted. Article 7, paragraph 1 of the 1974 law concerning marriage, along with the age of 16 years, is contrary to the Constitution of the Republic of Indonesia and does not have binding legal force. The judge accepted the request of judicial review that Rasmina and her fellow child marriage survivors Endang Wasrina and Marianti submitted. According to the judge, setting the minimum age that a girl could get married at 16, as was in the marriage law of 1974, violated the constitution. The Constitutional Court also tasked the executive and legislative branches of government to determine the minimum age for marriage. Ordering the legislature to make changes to Law Number 1 of 1974 concerning marriage within a maximum period of three years, especially with regard to the minimum age of marriage for women. Outside the courtroom, Rasmina sobbed. Their request for judicial review had been granted. Hugs were exchanged among Rasmina, fellow child marriage survivor Endang Wasrina, Darwini of the Indonesian Women's Coalition, and legal representatives Anggara and Anggi. The joy was palpable. The atmosphere festive. I was speechless. I was tremendously happy. All I could say was, thank you, my friends, for supporting me until the judicial review was granted by the Constitutional Court. That was all I could say. Here is Angi. 
uh, disambut segitu hangatnya oleh uh, banyak kawan-kawan. This was all the hard work of Rasmina and Endang. All we did was to be behind them, supporting them along the way. This was their extraordinary work. Not everyone would have the courage to be them. Supporters who held vigil outside cheered them on as they came into view. Reporters scrambled to get the story. It wasn't just Rasmina's victory, but a victory for all Indonesian girls. Years later, one of the judges of the Constitutional Court, Saldi Isra, would give the public a glimpse of how they reached the verdict. In particular, there was the issue of marriage dispensation. This refers to certain situations which would allow child marriage to continue. The decision on raising the age of marriage, it took us a long time to finish. So after considering what the negative impacts were, how it was seen from Islamic law, finally, after multiple exchanges, we held discussions more than 20 times, we were able to come to a decision. Okay. We would grant the petition. There were some debates among us about the Islamic rulings. We believe that raising the minimum age is crucial for a girl's education. When we decided to raise the age to marry, we also tried to be open, indeed. We raised the age to marry, and we also keep the dispensation article. Why? Because it's a real situation on the ground, and it is still needed. By real situation on the ground, he was referring to unplanned pregnancy, prevention of pregnancy out of wedlock, and regional tradition. Rasmina and the 18-plus coalition may have won the constitutional court, but there was still a lot of work to do. As the judges ordered, the government and the House of Representatives would have to revise the minimum age limit for marriage. Angi and her colleagues immediately lobbied the government to reach the ideal minimum age for marriage. It wasn't easy. Different ministries had opposing views of what constituted a child. Here is Angi. Right now, when it comes to health, the context is clear. According to research on women's reproductive readiness, women are ready to marry at the age of 21. Some say that children are between 0 to 18 years old. But there's an administrative ruling that says the bar is 17 years old. In Indonesia, a citizen can have an Indonesian ID card when he or she turns 17. At the same time, there's the election law, which says that any Indonesian citizen who has either reached 70 years old by election day or has been married by then has the right to vote. Nothing is in sync. Angi was involved in discussions with some members of House Representatives trying to figure out which direction to take the revision in. It was such contentious issue that these debates would last until past midnight. We lobbied several members of the council from several factions. Each person would represent a different party. We were lobbying many people from various channels. 
From Eva Sundari of PDIP, Saraswati of Gerindra, Japita Loka of PDIP, and Lena Mariana Mukti of PKB. They also had to argue with various politicians about what it meant to be ready to marry. There were still parties with a specific perspective when it comes to puberty. This includes parties who have a strong perspective on religion, for example. There were still people who think it's okay for a girl and a boy to marry as long as it's consensual and they have reached puberty based on their age. The lobbying process was a challenge for Angi, who had just given birth and was breastfeeding her daughter. So I left the baby until the evening. Imagine I had to pump breast milk, which was painful. I felt half dead, but I still wanted to join the struggle to raise the minimum age of marriage. It would be a shame if I left the fight. 18 Plus Coalition pushed for the raising of the minimum age of marriage for girls to 19 years old. Remember, before the petition for judicial review was granted, the minimum age of marriage for boys was already at 19. Why should the minimum age for girls be any different? March 2019 The world was celebrating International Women's Day. In Indonesia, it was a few months after the Constitutional Court ordered the government and House representatives to revise the minimum age that girls could get married. At the presidential palace, President Joko Widodo would be meeting a number of inspiring Indonesian women, and Rasmina had been invited. Mr. President asked, why was I there and what did I want to ask for? I said, please do not drag your feet on the revision of marriage law. Then Jokowi said he would push things forward. Back at Dewan Perwakilan Rakyat, or DPR, the House of Representatives. Almost a year after the Constitutional Court approved the judicial review of the 1974 marriage law, the legislative process to amend the law was reaching its peak. The various factions still couldn't agree on the minimum age of a woman could get married, so it was put to a vote on September 16, 2019. Dear members of the House, the next agenda is the level 2 discussion on decision-making on Bill Number 1 of 1974 concerning marriage. We invite the Minister of Law and Human Rights and his entourage to attend the room, represented by the Minister of Women's Empowerment. Angi explains. Out of 10 factions, 7 factions agreed with the minimum age of 19 to marry, with notes from some factions. Three other factions disagreed. In attendance was Johanna Yambise. She was the Minister of Women's Empowerment and Child Protection at the time. A summary of discussions at the DPR on the revision of the law was read aloud, and the results were submitted to Deputy Speaker Fahri Hamza. 
Next, according to the House rules, we will ask all factions whether the draft law number one of 1974 on marriage can be approved to become law. Agree? I ask one more time to the members, can the bill on amendments to law number one of 1974 on marriage be approved as law? Agree? The government, represented by Minister Johanna Yambise, gave its response next. We, on behalf of the government, are very happy, proud, and grateful to the DPR as a legislative body which, together with the government, has made history for the Indonesian nation, especially for its 80 million Indonesian children. Namely, making a progressive breakthrough through the ratification of amendments to Law Number 1 of 1974 concerning marriage. This is what the Indonesian people are really looking forward to in an effort to save Indonesian children from the practice of child marriage, which is very detrimental to children, families, and the country. And so, after about three years of working on the case, Angi could finally close this chapter of her life. She started her crusade listening to stories of women who had survived child marriage. Then she led the campaign before the Constitutional Court to grant them a judicial review of the 1974 marriage law. Now, after long hours lobbying with lawmakers, the changes she had wanted to see were a reality. This is also an experience that I can share with my children in the future. I'd tell them, this used to be my job. Ah, my child would be so proud of me, as I was involved with this struggle. This will also be their struggle in the future, as well as their children and grandchildren in their future lives. As for Rasmina's journey, it began a little over 20 years before, when she had been forced to marry for the first of three times. Praise be to God. In Indramayu, life has returned to normal. My daughter is home. Rasmina points to her second child who has just entered the house. Her real name is Julina. Her nickname is Lina. Lina, in a gray and white uniform, is home from school. She majors in computer and network engineering at a vocational school. She looks tired that afternoon, but there's also confusion on her face. Why are there so many people in the house? Today, Lina is 14 years old, the same age Rasmina was when she was forced to carry a child for the first time, a year after she was married off to a stranger who was twice her age. Same ages, different paths. Now Lina can do what her mother had so desperately wanted to as a teen, attend school. I want to achieve my goals. I want to become a successful person. Lina knows that theirs is a simple life. Her parents have to work hard to ensure that she and her younger siblings stay in school and reach the highest education they can possibly attain. Money is tight. But Runata and Rasmina will always find ways to pay their children's tuition. Here is Rasmina. Uh, 
My children are girls. I want them to be able to continue studying, as long as we are still capable as their parents. My children want to continue their study until vocational high school. My firstborn wants to help send her siblings to school. Rizki wants to become a doctor, and the little one wants to become a police officer. And Wika wants to continue to university. As Rasmina's five children go on to pursue their dreams, they have learned to appreciate the past and what it took for their mother to get to where she is today. Here is Lina. I am proud of my mother who has gone through the struggles of her childhood. Next on Rasmina, the last victim. I don't feel comfortable telling this story because I know what I did was wrong, but I only had good intentions. I really wanted to marry her. It was as simple as that. Neng is a good person and I liked her. You've been listening to Rasmina, the last victim. I'm your host, Malika. This adaptation was put together by Trisha Aquino, Nina Toralba, Carl Sayet, and Carl Joe Javier of Puma Podcast in the Philippines. In Indonesia, for the KBR Prime, Nini Yuniati, Wahyu Setiawan, Dwi Renjani, and Citra Dia Prastuti worked on the original series Disclose Dipaksa Kawin. This collaboration was made possible by international media support. Subscribe to Rasmina, The Last Victim, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen on kbrprime.id.